Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week we're reading the novelization of Back to the Future by George... Uh, no, G- we're reading <sighs> Steven Spielberg Presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film, a novel by George Gype, based on a screenplay by Robert Zemeckis <sighs> and Bob Gale. Thank you. Everybody put on your Huey Lewis in the news record and pop open a Pepsi free. We're about to go back in time. Amazon Book Club. My name's Austin Hanna. Hi, my name's Ganesh Sarma. Hi, I'm Shane Burklow. And this week, we're reading a book called Back to the Future by George Gipe and Bob Gale. Bob Gale. No. Famous what? It's called Steven Spielberg Presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film, a novel by George Gipe based on a screenplay by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. A lot of Mm. players involved in this. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of heavy hitters just right in the title. Everyone's got to have their piece of the pie. This is a free book? No. This isn't free. I had to buy this off eBay. I actually bought this pre-pandemic for a Patreon episode. I'd hope. The hubris to order a rare Back to the Future novelization (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic yeah. would be downright disgusting, Ganesh. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So I'm not that depraved. I got this uh quite a quite a while ago, saving it for a Patreon, but I didn't pick out a book for today. So this is what we're gonna read. Okay. That's fine. Patreon is currently uh we're not posting anything there at the moment. So this is it. We're funneling the good shit here now. Congrats. Yeah. Free. Free. Freemium, you may say. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Freemium. Um okay, Ganesh, before you dive in here. Let me tell mm-hmm. you what we do on this podcast. Okay. Every week we read a free ebook from Amazon Prime, except for this week. Uh, and we read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page of the book, five pages of the book. And we use those five pages to then uh, come to some sort of judgment and then upset somebody who put a lot of hard work into something for a little reward. But we don't even really do that. I don't, I feel like most of the time we're just like, oh, that was good. And like, you know, yeah. we're not, we have hit a run of not caring, which is perhaps worse <laughs> <laughs> than being critical. Let's, let's be real. The five pages are just a framework for us to kind of bullshit yeah. around. Hey, for shut up. Don't, spo- don't so. spoil the, shut, don't, don't shut up. Shut yeah. Up. Don't, don't expose the man behind the curtain. We're just watching the movie. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Me and Shane, it's just like we went to a day at the movies and uh, fell asleep four separate times. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now that we've done that, gotten that out of the way, we have another uh, curveball. We got a voicemail this week. It's been a while since we got a voicemail. Somebody felt like it was important to call us and leave us a message. Ganesh, can you can you play that back for us? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually leaving a message. Oh, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Hi guys, I love the podcast very very much. Um, it makes me laugh a whole lot and. Uh, don't get down on yourself too much, except do get down on Ganesh for his nasty, poopy sweatpants, because that's horrifying. Sorry, Ganesh, I couldn't help but laugh a lot at your misfortune. But I just, I, I've been wanting to call for a while and couldn't think of anything to say other than, hi, I love your podcast. But I had a thought that, um, I don't know if many of you guys listen to the podcast Behind the Bastards, but um, they were reading Ben Shapiro's latest book, which is 
hilarious and awful, as you might expect. And one thing that they were doing that was kind of fun was um, doing searches for different words in the book. So they'd be like, see how many times he says the word patriot or whatever. Um, so I don't know. That could be kind of fun bonus content or something. I'm sure that there are books where you look up, like, I don't know, is the last one you could look up the word bumpkin and see when they talk about it. So, uh, yeah, just a thought. But otherwise, I love the podcast. You don't have to change anything. You boys are wonderful, and uh, I love you. I hope that's not too strong. My cat is saying he loves you, too. I don't know if you heard he loves you. Okay, bye. Oh my god, effusive with praise. <laughs> Give me more. No, no. Play it again from the top? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Did she leave a name? What was her name? Do we know? Is this a mystery caller? Ganesh, did you call and record this? Ganesh, is that you talking Ganesh. into a talk boy and then speeding it up at two times? <laughs> you think that I would call our voicemail and clown on my own On your own pants? pants? No, no you right. would. I could see you doing that. All right. Well, anyway, if she didn't leave a name, I mean, if she did, Ganesh, you got to find I it wanna, well, so we can thank her. Thank but... you, and thanks for listening to this. And thanks for listening to the perverse, just uh, all the stuff about Ganesh's pants. Thanks. Thanks for working through that with us together. So in regards to the suggestion, I think this is a great time to say that you are, uh, you're ahead of the game, mystery caller. We did that. That was the first, we, that was one of our first segments that we did in like our test shows that we did back when we were a different podcast, just about Amazon, which is worse. (laughs) Uh, we had this reading section and we would, uh, one of the things we thought would be fun was to just go through and pick out funny words and see when they were brought up. Mainly we would read erotica and find all the parts with like nipples. Yeah, that was a, that reflected, that reflected. That was a weird project. I went home feeling just bad after that. We felt dirty. So we switched it up, but maybe it's time to, you know, maybe at the end of this, we could search a couple words and see what we find. Is this an ebook? I mean, or is this a real book? No, it's not. This is, this this is is the one book we can't do that with. Okay. (laughs) Ganesh, you're going to have to catalog every word in this book. But I will say that we've grown a lot in the last three years. We're not going to be Googling. Yeah. We're we're binging now. (laughs) Well, it sucks for those guys that have to read Ben Shapiro's book. That's yeah. I don't know if I had the guts for that the stomach nah, for that it. That little creep sucks. Nah, you got to be over five foot four for me to read your book. <laughs> um, all right, what are we up to here? Are we ready to read? No, we need to hear the synopsis. This thing's off the rails. I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen it <laughs> three times, four. So the hook here, as Ganesh has said to us many times off air, is that there's a lot of shit in this book that doesn't happen in the movie. Oh, it's yeah. not a straight up novelization. Is that right, Ganesh? Some art. This. There's some artistic license. Something like that. I it's found out about woman this book in this because one. I was trying to find, I was trying to find, there's something about the novelization of a movie that's made after the fact that's really fascinating to me. And one of my best friends introduced me to an E.T. novelization that was told through E.T.'s perspective. And it's the same story, but it's like E.T.'s like looking down on humanity for being stupid. And yeah. what if it was really, what if E.T. was a huge pervert? And it was like really gross. Well, E.T. could talk to plants and he would, there's like, like there's a scene where he's talking, he's talking to like tomatoes in a fucking garden. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's a juicy ass tomato over there. Mmm. That's what so E.T. was saying. it seems like that, that I really enjoy. And I'm hoping we catch one or two in this book. Yeah. Maybe Biff will talk to like a dog. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool, right? If animals could talk in the novelization of Back to the Future, it would be a huge twist that I would not expect. They could call it Bark to the Future. Jesus Christ. You got to keep these for off the podcast. <laughs> these are these are money ideas, my friend. <laughs> you would you would buy into that one? Uh, I wouldn't just... I, I'd invest. I'd take a 10% share, $100,000. Imagine... Okay, instead of the DeLorean, imagine it's the sheepdog mobile from Dumb and Dumber. 
That's even Spark better. to the future. Oh, wow. You're giving away too much good stuff here. Yeah. And it's I, not even a movie. You know what it is? Huh? It's a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and, fashion line. And jeans? <laughs> yeah, the jeans have little dog faces on them. Like a patch on the back pocket? Yeah. All right. I I regret my investment, but the paperwork's already in the mail. <laughs> so we're going to have to work it out. Let's read the book, okay? Let's jump in now to the first page of uh, Back to the Future. Hold up. Before we start, I got something, and it's like the lamest purchase of all time, but oh. it's kind of changed my life. So I'm, I've am been sitting in this, you know, the chairs that we've been recording in for the last three years. So that's what yeah. I've been sitting in for like eight hours a day. And it's been torture on my back. So first I got this lumbar support strap on thing for the back of my chair. And that mm-hmm. wasn't enough for me. So oh, then no. I got this bicycle seat thing to put on the chair bottom. And it's got like a little slit for my balls. So what? <laughs> what are you saying? How is that like a bicycle seat? You have a bicycle seat with I'll a slit sh- for your balls listen, that you're sitting on right I'll, now while you I'll record sh- this podcast? I'll show it to you. Don't show me. No, they could put the balls away. That's oh. that's to go around a chair, man. <laughs> yeah, isn't that supposed to go around the back of the chair? It's not for your balls to hang through. You fucking animal. <laughs> Tucking his nuts in this weird pillow. Well, okay, with a ball slit for me to take my balls out and put through. <laughs> that's not how yeah, it works. On the device's webpage, they call it an action slit. <laughs> It just it, on the it's a, in quotes dealer's choice. <laughs> well, so you're slick, you put whatever you want through there. Glad you're comfortable. Anyway, Com- comfortable. it's memory foam. Okay. Well, congrats. Mm-hmm. So how's your lumbar doing? You feeling it's, good? It's feeling a lot better these days, dude. Feeling loose. I actually might get that lumbar thing you got because my this chair isn't very good. But are you gonna get the uh, the ball slit bicycle seat to go with? No. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, it is an extra $450. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? I didn't read the synopsis for the book, but that's fine. We don't need, we don't it. need it. It's in the culture. Okay. Here we go. Ganesh didn't read the synopsis, but you know what Back to the Future is. Let's get started here. Oh, wow. Watching you with a real book in your hand is like weirdly sad. Why is that sad? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I look more dignified with this on a fucking Kindle in my hand. You look like you're struggling with it. <laughs> I don't hold these often. So. <laughs> You look like this is the first time picking up a book. It's very dimly lit in here. This is what it'll look like when aliens discover the golden record on the Voyager. You're like, what is this? Crank the lights up. You don't have us there to complain about the ambiance. I don't like the lights. If Ganesh had his druthers, he'd be doing this in the pitch black. That's right. <laughs> shirtless. The less light. Ganesh's ideal world is zero light, shirtless, with just a pair of dirty drawers on. <laughs> I'll put on a gold chain for my boys. That's true. You do like to show off. Yeah, that's nice. Your hair is looking good. I think uh, all the listeners need to know about our hair situation. Yeah, it's bad news out Um, here. Austin's looking good. I mean, I've been down this road before. I'm not a stranger to long hair. Now, you guys are another story. Shane, I've never seen your hair this length in my life. It's like starting to touch my shoulders. I have a bit of a bob. (laughs) It's a sensible bob. This is the most charitable way of describing it, for sure. It's a summer bob. It's a <laughs> it is. Fine look. Yeah. And then Ganesh kind of going with the top knot almost. Mm-hmm. Like a sumo wrestler or something. Just yeah. a hair. Yeah. Not, not, in, not implying anything about the rest of you. Oh, uh, okay. Just the scalp up. 
All right. You got a sumo scalp. Also from the neck down, but no, from the neck down, you look like an Adonis, a God, <laughs> at least from what I can tell from my vantage point over Google Hangouts. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's bad news. I don't know. Whenever I see people with haircuts, I'm like, where did you go? How did you get this? Yeah. Why? Also. <laughs> Yeah, why? Let it roll, baby. This is the time. This is the time, man. (laughs) If you if the apocalypse happens, if the world burns down and you've got a fresh cut, you're going to feel like a fucking fool. You want to look like a wild animal when this shit hits the fan or else you're going to look like an idiot. Save your time. Save your money. Save your health. Just don't get a haircut. (laughs) That's okay. I don't have enough time to unpack all that, but I believe you. All right, let's read Back to the Future, please. This is chapter one of Steven Spielberg Presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film, an novel by George Guy, based on a screenplay by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Mm. All right, Great. here we go. Let's, we start Very out good. Uh, in italics. Not sure what that means. Here, in the living room of a peaceful house in the suburbs, a typical family sits quietly. Dad reads the evening paper. Unaware that disaster is about to strike, Mom cleans the dinner dishes, oblivious to the fact that in a few seconds, their world would be reduced to a whirlwind of splinters and an atomized debris. Well, this is right off the bat way different. (laughs) No. Doesn't it start with them watching a movie? No. And like a feature sitcom or something? I thought it starts with Marty McFly going to Doc's place and he's got that the machine making breakfast and then he the rube goldberg machine mm-hmm. and then he plays guitar on those monster amps mm-hmm. mm. i only just saw this movie about two weeks ago it's fresh in the mind this is your favorite movie isn't it it's one well back to the future 2 is my favorite of the series which is not a popular opinion oh so everyone likes three typically. everybody hates three that's the worst one <laughs> i mean i don't even like three it's well, okay. it's got the Wild West. I don't see why people hate it. It's got there's a lot of missteps. I've never seen it, so I don't know. You've never seen it? Wait, wait, wait. No, have I you didn't. seen one? Uh yeah. I've seen it a lot. Have you seen two? Yeah, I've seen a lot. But three you've never seen. No, not a no intru- part not of you no in interest. the last thirty three years has been like I no. need to finish the story. <laughs> Wait, at the end of two, Doc disappears in the sky, struck by lightning, sent back to the past. And Marty McFly gets a letter from Western Union that's been sitting at the post office for 50 years. And the man comes and says, I didn't think you were going to be here. And Marty reads the letter and he says, it's Doc. He's alive. And you thought, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need that. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. Sorry for the spoilers, but it just I'm overcome. Just, you know what? The whole thing, they keep jumping around time. Just stay where you are, man. Well, if it was only that easy. It's not like that, dude. They would. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, the first I time travel interest. was an accident. The Libyans were after him. He had to bust it to 88 and ended up in the 50s. What are you going to do? Second time was a little indulgent. Doc was kind of yeah. like, your son went to jail. We got to save him. It's like, I don't give a fuck about my son. Now, in 1985, 2015, he's going to break into a fucking bank or something. All right, whatever. We're getting... Uh, read, the, read the book. I just didn't... I wasn't interested. Anyway, go and, on. Well, you know, uh, you were right. The third one sucks. The children are in their rooms doing their homework. Little Unless knowing. you want to see a steam train time travel. In which case, I recommend it. I didn't know that was part of it. Yep. All right, I'll, I'll put you it You got to pop in the VHS, too. Yeah. I probably have it on VHS. It's the only way it's distributed. The first two are out on Blu-ray, and the third, they were like, no, this is a VHS movie only. Little knowing that only a few moments of life are left to them, that they will never have to worry about homework again. The mightiest force ever created by man is about to be unleashed on them, and there is nothing on Earth that they can do about it. Five, four, 
three, Why are you counting back two, down? You, it's one. all split track. You A second it. later, it's in the book. He's reading. The countdown is? The countdown oh is in the book. <laughs> well, you, you counted normally that time. I should have known it was in the book. Yeah, he's that reading. Wasn't a Gane- that wasn't a Ganesh countdown. Listen, if it's written on a page, I do a lot better job than just trying to <laughs> conjure words in my mind. All right, I'm going to print out an eight and a half by 11 Conjure words? Five, four, three, two, la- it's numbers, dude. It's, yeah. yeah, these are numbers, not words. <laughs> if you're spelling Full. them out in your head, that's words, dude. Dad, we're giving Ganesh the Biff treatment right now. A second later, there was a flash of white and the unnamed family were enveloped in a surge of power that tore their tiny frames to pieces, bending them curiously out of shape before separating bodies from heads, arms from torsos, legs from abdomens. This is way more decapitations than I recall in the film version I of just Back had to, to the Future. check the cover to make sure I was reading the right book. I think this is in the movie. I see it vividly. I think this is definitely in both of the Back to the Futures I've seen. Ganesh, don't trust the cover. If Back to the Future 2 will teach you anything, it's that Gray Sports Almanac might just be ooh-la-la in disguise. The solid-looking house simply... Let me flip the page. Simply crumpled. <laughs> Is that going to happen every time? I'm going to say, let me flip, flip the, page. the page. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, crumpled. It's like Rocco's Modern Life. Turn the page, wash your hands. Into thin shreds of pulp and instantly ignited into a raveling avalanche of flame. A wind tunnel effect then whisked the body parts and wreckage of furniture and plaster into a horrible whirling mass that was sucked into the tortured atmosphere. A long, silent moment followed, the noise of the blast diminishing to a soft echo, evoking the end of life on the planet. Damn. When does Huey Lewis in the news come on? That was Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah, that is. I was just going for general 80s song, but then it did turn into Saved by the Bell right off the bat. <laughs> it's, it's all right. right. It's back to the future time. The class was not impressed by the violent display and aftermath. At least there were no visible signs of amazement, horror, or even acute involvement. Nevertheless, the announcer, probably long since gone to his own last resting place, continued his narration of the film on Atomic Power circa 1955. You have just seen how this mighty force can utterly destroy society unprepared for its use. For this reason, some have protested the utilization of any form of atomic power. But it is too late to go back now. The potential for good of this force outweighs its potential for evil, a vital source of energy that may someday replace that created by coal or even conventional electrical power. Most of the class... Nice little Kennedy-esque transatlantic accent there. That was pretty good, yeah. Good job, Ganesh. Good job. Thanks. Go. Thanks, guys. Do you hear that? Oh, thank oh. you. Thank you. You shouldn't have, guys. Thank you. He's All right, blushing. Ganesh is blushing. All right, let's keep it to a minimum. Yeah, please, shut the fuck We're up. We're only on the first page. Really? Christ. Most of the class listened to the illustrated lecture with only one ear. It was late in the day, much too late to pay close attention, and they had all seen the film before. Some thought of other things. A few drew pictures on the covers of their books in the semi-darkness. One student, the most daring and enterprising of the class, listened to stereo rock music. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Someone's got to do something about this kid. Rock and roll at school? Austin, I'm looking at you. I feel like you might have dabbled, might have mixed the two. Never. Party animal. Not a school guy. <laughs> Just rock and roll. I'm just rock and roll, baby. <laughs> I came out ripping off tasty licks. 
But then I uh, switched to piano and then I quit. His eyes were nearly closed and his limbs had to struggle to remain still rather than follow along with the beat. But he gladly accepted this limitation as his lips quietly formed the words of the song. It's all right. Come on, I say by the bell. <laughs> it's a great song. A great jingle. Yeah, it is. It's been on my, uh, it's on my MP3 player. <laughs> Gets me nice. going. Made, made it so I got to school on time. That was your alarm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gets you in the school mood. That actually, that show did used to come on TBS like at seven a.m. Like when you would be getting ready for school. That show was a show I feel like I I never saw like in the first run. I always just caught reruns at weird hours. Yeah. Even though it was on when I was alive, I don't know what happened there. Who's to say? Uh, anyway, have we met Marty McFly? I assume that's who we're talking uh-huh. about. Unless it's perhaps a prepubescent Doc Brown. Get a load of that. The closing Sheesh. music of the film ended, followed by popping noises from the projector and then a soft solo baritone voice. Uh, Let's have <laughs> one more dance. 20 heads swiveled in the direction of the singer. Unfortunately, one of them was that of Mr. Arky. The social studies teacher. His sense of direction told him immediately that the singer was Marty McFly. But his decided. <laughs> Were you waiting for like a crowd applause? Something. Like when a, char- when a character shows up on screen. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. There he is. There's Marty. All right. Did I ever tell you about that? Uh, my One of my times at the theater. Did I ever tell you about one of my times? Which would be more specific than that, well, my friend. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, uh, I might have told you when I saw The Mummy Returns on Broadway. Oh, you mean the movie theater? <laughs> no, the, <laughs> yes, the, the no, the movie theater. Oh, the movie theater. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Anyway, I got what? Ha- all right. So here's a little backstory. I got the DVD of The Mummy. First DVD I got. I was a kid. It was 2001. Got the DVD. Okay, it came with two tickets to go see The Mummy Returns. Wow. And so I went first weekend, crowded theater, sitting next to some stranger lady, some old lady. You went by yourself? No, my parents were were, were with me. Come on. Oh, I don't Okay, sorry. They were fans. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, sitting next to this lady, and she would yell when anything happened on the screen. She's like this old, like, southern lady, and there were snakes at the one of the scene. They have their snakes around, and she just goes, Ew! <laughs> But like she yeah. did her hands like she was really grossed out. And I was just a kid and I remember being like, fuck that. <laughs> Damn. That's not good. That turned you off to uh, old women? No, snake haters. Oh, snakes. Okay. Snake haters. Snake haters. Snaters. 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 <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, that's a weird story. I actually, um, one time I remember you telling that story. On this podcast. <laughs> this is the second time he's... Because I've told it on this podcast. Out because real, I remember uh, after that, that, that I, was, I was like, oh, we're all in that Brendan Fraser Facebook fan group. And we're like, yeah. And then... <laughs> oh, shit. Just casually say and that. And then Austin was like telling about this time that he was clowning on someone else's fan page back in college. Who was that? Oh. Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, shit. We've gone down this road before. Well, we can't talk about my beef with Jonathan Lipnicki again. Well, quarantine listeners is really, have to go back and listen to 100 episodes and hear about it the first time. It's really my brain isn't good anymore. That's okay. It's over. I went on Jonathan Lipnicki's message board and pretended to be him, and I said all kinds of inflammatory things. And then I got banned by Jonathan Lipnicki himself. He was an administrator <laughs> on his own message board. <laughs> I was like 22. I wasn't even young. No, you were 18, I don't know what I was doing. Right? Where this is like what freshman year? Uh, I knew you guys. Okay, I was like 19, 18. All right, whatever. We're kids. Why are we get? Let's. What? I'm sorry to bring that story. All right. Bleep, no, I mean, bleep it want, all out. 
No, make it louder than it was before. All right, yeah, what? do that too. I do love talking about the mummy, but I, I honestly thought you were talking about a Broadway play, and I was like, when the well, fuck did, did the mummy as... go to Broadway? And was Brandon? Did I Frazier tell you it? about the last time I went to the theater? I saw the Mummy Returns. <laughs> was it an AMC? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember in the movies back when they would do that like digital roller coaster ride? Uh, oh, they still it. do it. Do they still do that? Uh, at certain theaters. I feel like it hasn't been, I haven't been to a movie in years. Williamsburg feels like. does that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah? Shit. It's great. That's fun too. It gets everyone hyped. Yeah. It is exciting to go on a little digital roller coaster ride with big popcorn kernels popping right in your face and, right before you see Coca-Cola. the color purple. And a big Coca-Cola. You're like, oh, it's going to spill. You hear, nope. you hear it fizzing in the back. Psst. Yeah. yeah. It's great. You zip around that cool little roller coaster and hit the you hit the end and then uh, it fades out and then Schindler's List starts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it usually welcome, welcome to the cinema. It usually pulls into the station and it goes third person. And then you see the vessel that you're on. You do, yeah. That it is a weird world. <laughs> I would love a deep dive into the world of that roller coaster where human beings are shepherded around a void of <laughs> popping popcorns and massive cokes, and the tr- just to. Just to land at a smaller movie theater. The track is just a reel of film. It's a reel of film. Yeah. Delicate not, the, the safety, The safety precautions there are not great. <laughs> Nobody's unionized there. Very flammable. <laughs> that thing, yeah. You, cut, you get a spark off one of those carts in that film, that whole thing's going up. And then how do you get everybody to your prison theater? <laughs> My God. Just include the tickets in the DVD. That's <laughs> Did you bring your complimentary ticket? I think I brought the DVD with me. I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I was. Purchase. Yeah. Do you need to see the DVD too? That's what, <laughs> excuse me, ma'am. I got my DVD. Yeah, I think I was worried that they were like, "Sir, you didn't buy the Mummy on DVD," because the DVDs at the time were exclusive items, mind you. They're like, "Boy, that's not a DVD. That's an AOL startup disc. <laughs> <laughs> These are a dime a dozen. You get out of my theater." <laughs> Has a 30 day free trial of Mindspring. His sense of direction told him immediately that the singer was Marty McFly, but it's decided myopia veiled certain specifics. For one thing, he didn't see Marty definitely remove the headphones from his ears and return them to the hollow book, which also contained a tiny but powerful Walkman cassette player. Damn, he carved out a cassette sized hole in his book. I've always wanted to do that. He's already cooler than the movie Marty McFly. Nor did Mr. Arky see the sly smile Marty exchanged with Jennifer Parker, the attractive 17-year-old who sat next to him. Excuse me? What was that, McFly? Mr. Arky challenged. Nothing, sir. I, I was just saying I hope we all have one more dance. Oh, indeed. For a long moment, Mr. Arky surveyed the young man, scanning his features for signs of arrogance or rebellion that he could convert to a reason for punishment. Singing in class was technically sufficient, but even Mr. Arky felt that a single line could be excused, if that had been all. He fixed young McFly with his most intimidating gaze, hoping to panic him into either a confession or further punishable arrogance. It was me. I did it. I sung. Instead, the infuriatingly good-looking face framed by medium-length brown hair simply stared back. Maybe he had a little summer bob going. (laughs) It does sound like he might. Mr. Arky backed away from the confrontation as gracefully as he could. Now, as you all saw in that film, 
The attitudes about nuclear energy were quite a bit different in those days. You also, he was interrupted by the heavy rustling sound that always preceded an announcement over the school's antiquated public address system. Marty McFly, please come to the office. The PA voice mumbled, barely above the threshold of intelligibility. You have an emergency telephone call, Marty McFly. Oh, must be my agent. Marty murmured to Jennifer and the others within earshot. Hey, come on, Marty. You're a real jokester. Too cool. He is. He's fresh. Mm hmm. In a lot of ways. In the nearby deserted hallway between classes, his mood vacillated from the joy of being dismissed early from Arky's post-film debriefing and concern that there really was an emergency. What could it be? An accident or death in the family? In 17, his life so far had been serene. He therefore had no premonition of disaster. In addition, being a genial and optimistic person, he was not disposed to consider life darkly. Then... Nearing the office, his mind clutched at the worst possible calamity this particular day could offer. Cancellation of his band's audition? Oh, no. fuck that. Out. Don't let it be that. That's a phone call to the office kind of thing? Well, it's a good band. <laughs> <laughs> he is in Guns N' Roses, after all. The band was everything. At least for the moment, it was his chance to be somebody different from everyone else. It was his opportunity to excel, impress, win friends, and influence people. He knew he had talent. That the possibility existed of becoming a fucking rock star, dude. <laughs> Whoa, is that? No. No. Yet there my, bo- was something... my boy Bob Gale wouldn't drop F-bombs like this in a wholesome Yet book. Yet there was something deeper than that. A feeling of freedom when he was jamming out with the group. Oh, uh, that's pretty freedom. Cool. freedom. Talking about freedom. Come on, give me six seconds. Talking about freedom. That's how, that reminds me of Chevy trucks. Yeah, it should. Because Chevy trucks are freedom. Thanks. Chevy. Ford trucks are freedom. What's the worst truck, Austin? Any truck not made in the US of A, baby. <laughs> They call those lorries. All right, let's stop there. <laughs> All right. Uh, fine. I mean, we don't know who's on. Does, do they reveal who's on the? Oh, it was the band. That was the problem. That was the, really the phone call. It was not the band. He was afraid it was going to be. Well, the what band. is it? Creep ahead. Oh, Jesus. Go to the next page. This podcast sucks. <laughs> that whole page is just like, like a family blowing up. What a good way to start. Oh, this shit. It's Doc. Well, let's hear what Doc has to say. Marty, it's me. The other voice said, Doc. Strickland experienced a momentary pang of doubt. Doc, was it possibly the caller was actually a physician about to inform McFly of some genuine emergency? If such was the case, he would not only be deprived of the opportunity to confront and punish the young man, it would be a severe setback to his own confidence in his ability to combat deceitfulness. The pulse of anxiety passed as quickly as it came, however... The relaxation caused by the casualness in McFly's tone. How many teenagers call bona fide adult physicians Doc? No way. It was too familiar. Doc, whoever he was, was a personal friend. Strickland, the moral bloodhound, was on the right track after all. Damn, Strickland's in this book? Yeah, dude. Refresh my memory on Strickland. He's the at school administrator, the bald man who looks the same in every year from 1950 to 1985. Oh, okay. 1955, yeah. He calls Marty McFly a slacker a lot. I rem- I remember. Hope he says that catchphrase soon. I remember his bald head. He was very bald. I told you never to call me here. Marty continued. I'm in school. I know. The man called Doc replied. I had to get in touch with you. Why? What's so important? You'll see. Listen, can you meet me at Peabody's Farm around 115? Peabody's Farm? 
Where's that? I I'm sorry. I mean, Twin Pines Mall. I still think of it as Peabody's Farm, but I guess that was before your time. But it's after 1.15 already, he replied. I mean, 1.15 in the morning. Tomorrow morning? You mean 10 hours from now? Yeah. Yeah, genius. Get down here. I want to share my science experiments with you. Gerald Strickland smiled. Whatever the emergency, it was obvious something that could have waited until the young man was out of class, school, and had arrived home. Let's stop there, fellas. All right, let's give it some room to breathe. Things are starting off slightly different, but not too different. Doc's around, Strickland's around, Marty's, you know, cool as hell. Quick, who's cooler, Marty McFly or Ferris Bueller? Marty McFly. Oh, no. Ah, yeah, Marty McFly. Shane, any thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. I know my, I know my answer. I think it's Ferris Bueller. It's Ferris Bueller. No. Marty McFly may be a time-traveling badass, but mm -hmm. he would not hijack a parade to sing Dunkashan. It's true. He would never. He would not do that. He doesn't have the gumption. The day Ferris Bueller rocks some shoes like Marty McFly, I'll give it to him. Uh, have you seen Ferris Bueller's vest? Well, Marty McFly has a pretty cool vest, too. The vests are the middle of the Venn diagram circle with white and brunette. What uh, about the shoes? Right. I think Marty McFly probably has better shoes. Well, what shoes are we yeah. talking? Back to the Future the 2, Nikes, are they self-lace? Oh, his Nikes in the first one are also pretty sweet. You're right. It's hard to tell. I think that the uh, others are the... I, I think Cameron is, is pushes uh, Ferris over the edge. That car. Well, the DeLorean's pretty sweet, too. Let's figure it out in the break. Let's come back. Let's read the 25% mark of Back to the Future. <laughs> Is there a novelization of the Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser? No, but there is a list of novelizations in the back of this book. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, you, all the all of them are listed in that one book. Oh, there might be. Wait, what are you talking about? The Mummy? Back, the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Is there a novelization? Let's look it up. Uh, yep. We should definitely. Oh man, it was published by the same company. Or is it Universal? What Spielberg before his thing? For Amblin, I think he was Universal, right? Yeah. Not Paramount. I would know that. Oh, they're selling it over at freaking Amazon.com. Oh, yeah, the little mom and pop shop. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, now it is a relic. So now if you want to buy a old used paperback, it is $55. Oh, wait, hold on. I'll, just, I, I'll buy it from the same place where I got this because I found this for like 20, no, it was like 10 bucks. Oh, I found it. Okay. <laughs> I found it for just like 10, 10 bucks. I'm getting it. You look so happy. It's going to be here in uh, a month. All right, got that to look forward to. Okay, here we go. Twenty-five uh, percent mark of Back to the Future. I wonder if they are back in the past yet. Nah. Or the future? Who knows where this one goes? With this build-up, nah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Marty shook his head, noting that he had. Well, I guess I'm not in the future anymore. Uh oh. <laughs> Noting that he'd allowed the video camera to drop downward during the interval of stress and excitement. Now he righted it, bringing Doc Brown into the frame. Oh, they were oh. right about to go. We're getting the goods, baby. This, this is, is the scene. This is the, this is the good shit. Filmed at the mall near this where I grew up. This is the 25% mark of the book. This mall was near where you were when you grew up? Yeah. It was where? in Charlottesville. You're lying. No, I'm not, dude. Fashion Square Mall. That's where they filmed it. Why would they film this in Charlottesville, Virginia? I don't fucking know, man. It looks exactly like it, though. Is that are you just going off of looks? It's it's uh, there's no way it's not that mall. That's all, all right. I'm saying. I got to do my research. I believe you. Prove me wrong. Puente Hills Mall in okay. Rowan Heights, California. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Puente Hills Mall 
located in the Roland Heights of California. It's, uh, nah, that's bullshit. Uh, it's most famous for serving as the filming site for the Twin Pines Lone Pine Mall for the 1985 movie Back to the Future. <laughs> the funny thing is, in my mind, the scene looks like it's so obviously in California. <laughs> like, no way. The same mall designer. You never know. Damn. Is that Wikipedia? Because that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, you know they can't say they say you can't cite Wikipedia as a source. I want this. You need to you need to go to JSTOR. <laughs> yeah, all right, let me just log in with my uh, subscription real quick. Get the uh, get your uh, VCU credentials ready. <laughs> See if that's still active. Well, I don't know what to think anymore. Just how about you start reading and I'll. Hey, it's okay. I thought Fisher Stevens was an Indian man for like over half my life. Yeah, these things happen. It's the the magic of movies. Yeah, and I just sang the Saved by the Bell theme song like ten minutes ago. Yeah, I guess I only confused a, a building, a, a shopping mall. You're the least dumb of the three of us for right now. We'll see how it goes. That was a pretty big strike, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I should have, you know, not told everyone I've ever met that I grew up in the town where they filmed the mall scene. <laughs> yeah, maybe take it off your resume also. <laughs> I should. I should strike that. It does say that. It actually That actually is what it says instead of the address. <laughs> Shane Burklow. Uh, from and it says in parentheses from the town where they filmed the mall scenes in Back to the Future. It gets a ooze and ahs, and then underneath it says in smaller letters, "Just a hunch." <laughs> I think in parentheses. I think it looks the same. As far it says, as far as I can tell, it looks like the same mall to me. Definitely, the it does not look unique to California. <laughs> Definitely, you can see the mountains of the nice woodland uh, area. I of thought that was just the, yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Whatever. Hey, you live and you learn. All right. So anyway, they're at the mall. Got the camera out. Sounds like it's time to uh, test this time machine out. It's all right, Doc said, nodding, smiling indulgently. We still have a few seconds. A few seconds until what? Oh, you'll see. Are you trying to tell me you built a time machine out of that DeLorean? Doc Brown smiled modestly. The way I figure it, if you're going to build a time machine, why not do it with some style and imagination? Besides, there's a practical aspect. The stainless steel construction on the DeLorean made the flux dispersal. He stopped as his digital clock began to beep. Ten seconds. Keep that tape rolling, Marty. It's never stopped. Five seconds. Brace yourself for a sudden displacement of air. Marty held the camera tighter. That's the Ganesha every morning. (laughs) (laughs) Turns to his wife and says, babe. Get ready for a sudden displacement of air. When this thing hits 88, we're really going to start cooking. I'm really happy she doesn't (laughs) listen to this anymore. Uh, That's for the best. Ten? Nope. Five? Nope. Are you counting? What's happening? Marty. Trouble with numbers again, God. Just let me read the book. The words in my brain. Just saying, if you spell the words out in your brain, it makes it hard to count. Do you, Marty? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. But do you, when you think of a thing, do you sp- uh, spell it out? He spells the word out. Yeah, when you think of the number like 10, do you see the letters T E N in your head? No, I, no, uh, no, I see. Because <laughs> that's bizarre. Oh, okay. No, no answer. That's why it takes him so long to count. He's spelling it out in his head. Three's a long one. Yeah, that's a doozy. I had quite a few head injuries in my life. So you like went the opposite direction of like, uh, What's that movie with Mel Gibson where he has like a brain no, tumor? No, or, no, no, yeah. no, no. Not Mel Gibson, John Travolta, the other creepy yeah. weird doe face. Phenomenon. Guy. <laughs> what was that movie where he like became super smart and could read Phenomenon. books? Phenomenon. 
phenomenon. He couldn't just read books. He could move objects with his mind. Damn, that's pretty cool. So anyway, that's the opposite. Ganesh hits his head, and now he thinks of numbers as full words. But he can still move things with his mind, too. When he gets his paycheck, it, it takes him an hour and a half to read it. <laughs> All right, enough clowning on Ganesh. The boy's doing hard work here. Although I am disappointed you're not doing the voices of the characters. <laughs> he had a little splash, though. Yeah, what are you talking about, man? I like, Maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. It yeah. didn't sound like you were doing a Christopher Lloyd. Well, I feel like that's a really hard one to do. I'm doing right, my best fair. whiny white boy voice for Marty McFly. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying over here. Give me nice. a fucking break. All right. That's fair. I'm giving That's you fair. a break. I can tell you. That was, That's good. Copy, right? that was good. My whiny white, my whiny white boy voice is genetic. <laughs> and do it without effort. Marty held the camera tighter, aimed, aimed it at the spot where the DeLorean had disappeared. Four, three, two, one. Doc Brown. See, I can count when it's written. <laughs> Okay. That's reading, not counting, dude. Doc Brown no. counted down, <laughs> voice filled with anticipation. Exactly on schedule, a sharp blast of wind struck them, followed immediately by a deafening sonic boom, causing their hair to stand on it. No sooner had the shock registered. Just flipping the page. That the DeLorean reappeared in the same spot it had last been seen, but it was not standing. It was moving at the same high speed as before. 88 miles an hour, Doc Brown shouted above the surge of thunderous air. Looking down at the remote control unit, he hit the brake button, causing the car to come to a screeching halt, smoke pouring from the body. Doc Brown immediately started for the vehicle. Marty looked, locked the camera in position and followed. He arrived at the DeLorean a few seconds after Brown, who pulled up to approach it cautiously, indicating that Marty should wait until he examined it. He gently touched the door handle. To Marty and Doc's surprise, he recoiled with a shadow of pain. Is it hot? Marty asked. Oh, it's cold. Damn cold, Brown said, shaking his fingers back and forth. He waited a few seconds, then raised the door on the driver's side. Einstein peeked out at them, his tail wagging against the back of the seat. Marty was relieved to see that no apparent harm had come to him. That's good. Why did he bring Marty for this? There's no reason for him to be there. To videotape it. Why couldn't he videotape it? He's busy. He wasn't in the car. And also, why put your dog in there? That's my other question. That's yeah. That's, like the fact that he put his dog in there. Like, what was was did he want Marty? Is this the first biological test subject? Because otherwise, I don't know why you'd have the dog in there. And if so, why bring Marty along to film it? What if and the if car is, Why up, would you use your pet and not just like a, a random rat. street dog? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're. I mean, all of this is no dog should go through this. But why? Like, there's a good chance that this DeLorean could have come back through time and Einstein would have been like a puddle of like dog guts. And then what Marty's just supposed to be okay with that. Like why subject this teenager? Doc Brown's kind of a bad guy. He plays it really loose. I gotta say. I really, one of my favorite things about back in the future is they never try to explain their relationship, but also when you think about it, the lack of explanation just makes him seem like an awful weird dude. That's what I take away from this. (laughs) Hopefully this book changes my mind. Also, he straight up abandons Marty in 1955, like at the end of Back to the Future 2, no care in the world, just because he meets Mary Steenburgen and wants to get it on with her. Well, I mean, wouldn't you? In a world before cures for the venereal disease. Is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler for no. uh, Back to the Future 3, which I have not seen? Oh, yeah. Doc Brown gets some loving. Oh, I'll pass on that. But the train, the train. Yeah, it's, it's not great. The, train the train's pretty cool. cool. And they, the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. More hoverboard is always good. Also, more Marty McFly in ridiculous outfits as his distant relatives. You mean the actor Michael J. Fox? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> in my head, he's just Marty McFly. Unless I'm watching Spin City. 
Good show. In which case, he's Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> All right, Ganesh, what's happening? Marty was relieved to see that is, no... Is Einstein alive? He's alive, dude. Doc was Jesus. also pleased that his pet was in good condition, although his attitude was more clinical. <laughs> That'd be a funny twist in the novelization if Einstein exploded. Would that just be it? They wouldn't keep going, would they? No, that would be good. Honestly, they should have done that in the first place, because Einstein does nothing for the rest of the story. You want dogs and, to die? I mean, and, Einstein yeah, is but, a dog and a pet. He's not trying and, to do anything. It's a not. narrative story. I don't care if a pet dies in a fictional story. Anyway, what I'm saying, it's if sick. they had or forget, forget Einstein, pretend it's like a rat, a lab rat. If it exploded when it came back in, it mm-hmm. would really ramp the tension up when Marty gets in it and starts driving because then you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to kill him. And then he gets through kind of like in Galaxy Quest when they start zapping people back up to the ship and the first guy comes in and explodes. Yeah, that was tension. You're right. Or the pig, the pig explodes and then they, they bring him up and you're like, oh, shit, is this going to happen again? Listen, I don't mean to do Bob Gale's job for him, but I've seen this movie a hundred times and I have some thoughts. Well, when they eventually remake this movie, you can, uh, hopefully you're going to be on that team. You think they're going to remake that? It's only a matter of time, dude. In it does 3D, seem like a movie that they would probably remake. In 3D? That sucks. Come on. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. That's yeah, a bad idea. Mm-hmm. If you're out there, if you're out there, what's his name? Uh, Zemeckis, don't do it. Zemeckis is too busy making fucking CGI nightmare <laughs> fuel now. He's he's moved beyond the plane of normal movies. Yeah, that's true. Polar Express. He tried again with that weird Denzel Washington Captain Sully bullshit, and oh, that didn't work my out. God. Oh yeah, that was a Zemeckis, wasn't it? Just because we're running really long, and we and there's like I'm just flipping ahead, and it's a lot of just kind of testing it. Right now, let's skip ahead to 50% and like really ramp this up. Jeez, okay. Wow. Damn. Getting bailed on by our own host doesn't like what he hears. I don't know. I'm, I'm liking having our little chats, but you know, come on, dude. We're at an hour and we're at 25%. My God. All right. All right Jeez, boss. Jeez. So you got it, boss, man. We're, all right. We're, we're a, in lockstep behind have you. Have a little big empathy, guy. though, man. We're all, we're, I, we're locked in our homes. I don't talk to anybody for weeks and I get yelled at for talking a little bit to my oh, friends. You I know, know, why don't you just pull the trigger and take it to the last page? See what oh happens, huh? Oh, my God. Hey, yeah, we should read this out of order, like time travel. Ooh, oh my. Let's not. Let's follow boss's orders. And let's jump to the 50% mark. Here we go. You got it, Chief. We're jumping now to the 50% mark of Back to the Future. Ganesh, give it a rip. Let's hear what's up with Marty McFly. Chapter 6. The next thing Marty saw after the shiny car bumper was a soft white lacy pattern slightly out of focus, falling away from a tabletop. He blinked, looked around at the bedroom he had never seen before. Far away, a wall was decorated with unfamiliar pictures and pennants. To the right was a window, through which an outside street lamp poured sharp and painful light. He closed his eyes again. Damn, we're really... We're really uh, hitting some key scenes. Wait, so this is 50%? Is this him waking mm-hmm. up in the house? Yep. Yeah. With his I Calvin. I presume this is him waking up in his mom's bedroom. His Calvin Kleins? He's, Cal- he's got his Calvins on. I think it's going to be all right. He heard by us. the way, this, this podcast is now sponsored by Calvin Klein. 
providing <laughs> Ganesh with a never-ending supply of uh, drawers with extra trust threads down the back. I do wear their boxer briefs. Out. They're very comfortable boxer briefs. Nice. They told Ganesh, uh, not even a DeLorean could blow out these suckers. That's right. Boy, howdy. I've tried. <laughs> he said, you got a challenge. He's like, wait till I hit 89. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Just 89 read, farts. And then it's... Like, how many licks to the center of a Tootsie Roll? I think he's going to be all right. <laughs> he heard a soft feminine voice say. It was a familiar sound. Mom, is that you? Marty whispered. Gentle hands moved the cold object against his forehead, touched his cheeks. Shh, everything's going to be all right. It was his mother. <gasps> Marty opened his eyes despite the pain. Mama. Whoa. Whoa, your cat's name is Mama? Mama. Yeah, would well, that be a, that's actually a really funny name for a cat. Mama? I name my cat's Mommy and Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it. But all he could see was the silhouette. The voice had been unmistakable, though. God, what a terrible nightmare, he said. I dreamt I went back in time. In time for what? The voice asked. Oh, it was his mother, all right. Always so comfortingly literal. Marty started to sit up, but leaned back again when he experienced a slightly dizzy sensation. Take it easy now, his mother said. You've been asleep for almost nine hours. Better not hop right out of bed. Better to take it slowly. It was terrible, Marty continued. It was a terrible place to be. The music was awful. They didn't even have Huey Lewis. <laughs> Does it really say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god i guess we're too young to know the real like draw of huey lewis no, no dude you're the biggest song great what you you talking about? About? <laughs> play it for us Ganesh. it's all right come on it's when you're huey, lewis. Lewis. huey lewis say i don't hate it i do solely associate his music with back to the future though <laughs> which is i don't know if that's what he was no, going for but that's no, what no, no 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 i think of american psycho oh when he puts that song that's on. That's true, but that's, I mean, Back to the Future is way more in my head as a piece of pop culture. And I think of neither of those things. I think of sports. And I think of Weird Al Yankovic, because he did a Huey Lewis song. Wow, Huey Lewis really gets in everybody's brain a different way. And he don't leave. He caught the acting bug for a little bit, didn't he? Was he on, like, Will and Grace? <laughs> he was, like, a ha- handsome man, a suitor. Maybe. That sounds about right. Will and Grace had a series of handsome man suitors that were special guest stars. I might be confusing him with Harry Connick Jr. Oh, I love Harry Connick Jr. Big fan. Oh, yes. Say more about that. Uh, Really loved him since Independence Day mm-hmm. all the way up through his run as a judge on American Idol. Yeah. What about that bod? It's a good looking bod. And boy, that Cajun uh, spice. Yeah. It's got that little bayou accent. Oh, I yeah. like what I hear. He's a he's a big guy. He's a big, big frame. Oh, he's a big guy. How big? About six three, six four. Oh, I, I would guess six two. Six, six two. Six two, six three. Okay. And if not, then I'll just say if I found out he's shorter than that, then I guess it's just his gravitas. Mm. That's a strong cup of noodles right there. <laughs> You're telling me. Take a big old bite out of that little boy. You know what I'm saying? Is he a tenor? Or a... <laughs> uh, surprisingly, a surprise. Like a baritone. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Austin, you're giving me a look. Uh, no, I don't know. I didn't mean to offend you. Just ask. I don't pay much attention to the voice. Our neighborhood hadn't even been built yet, except for our, our house. Everything was so weird looking, and the people acted so strange. I see. You dreamed you went back to another time. Yeah. How far back? 30 years? All the way to the flapper days? That must have been interesting. But there's no need to worry. You're safe and sound back where you belong in good old 1955. Spit take. Shane, spit that drink out. I see you drinking it. (laughs) 
That's a perfect moment for a spit take. Sorry, I don't want to mess up my little gear. <laughs> do a spit take right onto the microphone and f- fry it, and then we don't do the podcast anymore. I would do it if we were in the studio, but not with my personal gear. In the studio. Back, once we're back in the lab, we can start breaking out the spit takes and the, the, don't, the gags I just bought and props. these beautiful, beautiful new microphones. Don't be spit taking on my mics, bro. Isn't that what those covers are for? Those little shields? It's for your spit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I see. It, I see. Yeah. It's got to take I've been had. the spit. Shane's going to unleash a super soaker next time we're in the... Uh... I take big sips because I have a huge mouth. He's gonna... I do. It's huge. Yeah. Also, Shane famously is drinking piping hot black coffee during the podcast, so it's going to be a painful <clears throat> take. Coffee helps me chill out, go to bed. <laughs> I spent hours editing out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. With the first two hours of us getting together, Shane... quietly blowing on his coffee because it's too hot Ooh, guys come on let's wait we've had to cancel a number of episodes because he's burnt his tongue it's true told you i have a big mouth so i'm a eager gulper (laughs) yeah that is actually the third line on the resume (laughs) another massive turn off big mouth comma eager gulper yep I mean, depending on what you're trying to get a job for. Uh, that's know. true. Hey, it's worked so far. When I talk to kids, I'm like, just be true to yourself. <laughs> on your resume. Make your resume about you. <laughs> that's pretty that's good, good advice. <laughs> I've just been making about other people and their successes. That's not yeah, much for me. Also, when was the last time you had to make a resume? <laughs> like eight years ago? I don't know. I worked at the same place for a long time. What does your headline say? Your top line? Probably. What does my headline say? Probably. Breaking news. <laughs> Superstar on the rise. <laughs> Get in on the ground floor of a sure deal. <laughs> what does yours say, Ganesh? More than just my sweatpants. <laughs> I'm more than just my sweatpants. By the number of seams I've burst are through the roof. <laughs> and then underneath that, it says resilient. And then underneath that, it says, in quotes, a man of many talents. And then talents is also in quotes. Damn. Don't think I'd hire you for anything. Profits are like my sweatpants. I blow them out of the water. (laughs) Damn, that's a much better line. Yeah. That's why you got to get somebody like Shane on the case, a guy who can really set you on the right path. I saw I'm not getting the callbacks. You're right. That's true. Also the pandemic. (laughs) All right. What is... What's going on? So, like, uh, the mom's, he's waking up in mommy's room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just found out it's 1955. Mm. And he just went, 1955? Mm-hmm. Forgetting the discomfort, he sat up and turned on the bedside lamp. Oh, my God, he said. The young woman was the same one George McFly had been spying on. But that was only part of it. What is it? She asked, concerned. You're my, my, m- b- m- b- Marty began. You're what? My mommy. <laughs> Nothing, never mind. His head fell back against the pillow. My name's Lorraine, the girl said. Lorraine B- Baines, Marty continued. How did you know that? He shrugged. <laughs> I get around, he said cryptically. Oh, weird, Marty. I follow you. I'm your son, also. Lorraine lifted the cold <laughs> compress. Cold compress. Sorry. Cold, it's cold. compress. All right. That's that's how I like wow. it. We've trained you to punish yourself now for mess ups. I was a bad boy and I did a bad thing. <laughs> I said the wrong word. I'll get you some new ice, she said. As she stood to leave, Marty released an involuntary gasp of surprise, causing her to eye him cautiously. Oh. 
Are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> what was that sound for? It's just that you're so thin. Marty replied. Oh, damn. Gross, Marty. Thanks, I guess. She said. Marty's got the hots for mama. I've always been on the thin side. She patted her flat stomach. You don't think I'm too thin, do you? No, it looks great. Marty said sincerely. This is where all the fucking weird incest porn the all white people watch come from. Fucking back to the future. Mm. Incest porn does have a real stranglehold on the market these days. <laughs> well, so you're around all day. They're your fucking family. So I don't know. Hey, don't, don't bring this on me. <laughs> Just taking it out on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ganesh, how do you really feel about this? Nobody asked me. If they asked me, I'd say I could do with less. <laughs> we don't have to go down this road. I feel like every week we start <laughs> talking about this. And I'm probably to blame. What? That's what I, that's... You're obviously to blame. You literally just said it. You're. <laughs> I'm probably to blame. You started this not 30 seconds ago. I don't want to talk about it. I never say the word incest on the show. You say it all the time. What? Okay, one time. Yeah, that's probably one time too many, huh? Yeah. All right. Duly noted. I got my window open and I'm right next to it. The neighbors are not going to like what's going on here. You're really... um. This is like your coming out party to the neighborhood right now. I am. I've had my windows closed and I've been nice and quiet and polite for one year. And today I opened my window and I shout about incest porn <laughs> at my friend. Aren't they loud as well? They are, but that, I don't fight fire with fire. I just listen and I, you know, accumulate knowledge. You oh. take notes? Uh, well, I don't have to take notes because I have a, a, a talk boy, like I mentioned earlier. Oh, that's very cool. Point it out the window, press record, play it back to myself at different speeds, and I laugh. <laughs> They're my new friends. I don't see many people these days. The father. Thank you, Calvin, she smiled. Calvin? Yes, isn't that your name? No, she frowned. That's funny, I was sure it was. Your name isn't Calvin Klein? No, it's Marty. Then why doesn't your under... She blushed, looked away. Marty suddenly became aware of his pants folded across the chair in the opposite corner. Reaching down beneath the covers, he realized he was clad in only his underwear. We take your pants and shirt off when we put you in bed. Lorian said, a trifle embarrassed. I'd never seen purple underwear before, much less purple underwear with a man's name written on it. <laughs> well, that's just how I do it, Mama. This isn't my name. Calvin Klein is the name of the underwear manufacturer. And your name's Marty? She said. Yes. Well, I'm pleased to meet you, Marty, she said. Sitting next to him on the bed, her attitude seemed different now, much less motherly, more <sighs> seductive. And what's your last name? She smiled. The word McFly formed on Marty's lips, but he managed to avoid saying it. That would have been hard to explain, McFly being a rather uncommon last name. Instead of trying to deal with that, Marty winced as if a sudden rush of pain had struck him. Oh, you poor boy, Lorraine whispered. She reached out and touched him, but he moved away. Are you all right? Yes, he said, ex exhaling softly as if the pain had passed. Is it okay for me to sit here? Marty gulped. Uh, sure he replied. But even as he said it, he involuntarily moved as far away from her as he could without falling off the bed. He held the blanket tight around his waist, his eyes apprehensive. Lorraine continued to stare at him, fascinated, apparently oblivious of his nervousness. Who played Lorraine in the movie? Leah Thompson. That's right. And she was in Carolina in the Carolina City. Carolina in the City. <laughs> That's right. I, I feel like I watched that show a lot when I was a kid. Me too, but it made no impression on me. Yeah, I don't, don't remember a damn thing about it. I remember it. it, but it was on and we would like tune in. Did it come on after? Um, it was a must-see TV show. Yeah. So it was definitely a Thursday. I think it was a Thursday NBC mm, no, 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 sitcom. No. I think it was a Tuesday show, but it, I think it was NBC. 
because Tuesdays were lesser <laughs> comedies than Thursdays. You might be right. You very well might be right. Let's see. Let's, you know, let's take a look. Can you, should you get this in the lab? A big uh, machine where Austin can fact check on the fly. Hell yeah. That's right. I got my rig in front of me. We have, my, Wikipedia, my Wikipedia machine. We have no, we have a no phone rule in the lab. Well, it was we ain't uh, in the lab anymore. Thursday boys. nights between Seinfeld and uh, ER. It was actually, weird. we're all right. It, one season on Thursdays, one on Tuesdays, and two on Mondays. Oh. If you can believe that. The third rock from the sun treatment. Oh. That's brutal. Yeah. Anyway, glad we got to the bottom of that. Third Rock from the Sun was very good, though. It's terrific, but it got disrespect. And in fact, it changed networks because uh, I forget which way it went. I think it went from ABC to NBC. That's right. It was a high concept show. Aliens. Why do we do a podcast just talking about the politics of 90s television networks? Because I know most of their like lineups for like the whole decade. <laughs> That's good knowledge. You'll need that later in life. No, it's not. <laughs> I should have learned how to like plant seeds and shit. Cut wood. When this shit comes crashing down, nobody's going to care how many seasons of Mad About You there were. <laughs> where that Janine Garofalo played their daughter in the season finale. I didn't know that. Let's... Let's stop there. Fine. We know that scene. Just fine. We know it. I mean, we should approach this as if we don't exactly know what's going to happen. That's true. But, I mean, enough was established there. Marty is in his mom's. He's woken up in 1955 in his mom's bedroom. She's seemingly rescued him from a car that hit him in the street. And he popped a big boner and put a blanket over it. Um, what? No. That's not right. God. Can you, do you take five minutes and get a glass of water, splash some cold water on your face and get incest off the brain? I got another but white claw over here, my friend. Oh, that's, that's the, the devil. Devil's you water. Wanna, you want to, you want to, I bet if I put two graphs on top of each other that said the amount of white claw sold in the United States and the amount of incest <laughs> porn on the internet, it would correlate. There's something in the water at the white claw factory and it ain't good. Something in the claw, huh? <laughs> that claw will get you. Well, while Ganesh turns into a disgusting mess, let's take a break and jump ahead now to the 75% mark of Back to the Future. Fly is stuck in 1955 and his mom is macking on him. What's next? What's next for our adventurer? Ganesh, 75% mark. Back to the future. You want to do a recap, Austin, for everyone that might have missed this movie? Oh, okay. Marty McFly, teenager, very cool, wears a vest for some reason, uh, likes to skateboard and play guitars with gigantic amps that are way too big for anybody to play music with. He has an elderly friend named Doc Brown. No reason or no explanation at all. Uh, Just an old guy, eccentric guy, no wife, no kids, no friends, no family. Dog. He's got a dog, which he risked the life of in the name of science. Uh, Looked the same for 30 years. Really weird dude. Just hangs out with a 17-year-old. Anyway, this guy makes a time machine. Marty McFly goes down to the Twin Pines Mall, filmed in Charlottesville, (laughs) Virginia, right near Shane's house. They uh, get into a little lick of trouble because, you know, Doc Brown got all the uranium from Libyan terrorists. So anyway, the Libyans pull up right as Einstein is getting blasted through space and time. Uh, Shoot Doc Brown, clear in the chest. Marty makes a break for it, gets in the DeLorean as it pulls up. Einstein's alive. Terrific. He gets in, hits 88, boom, lands into a fucking farmhouse and runs over a pine tree, meets his, uh, oh, what happens? He goes to the diner and looks for Doc Brown's address. 
and he finds it in the uh, phone book. He orders a Pepsi free, which nobody in 1955 knows and nobody in 2020 <laughs> knows. It is a relic of the 80s. Nobody knows what that drink is. Anyway, Marty finds it, goes to meet Doc Brown. Doc Brown says, well, this is creating some sort of uh, what's the word when you go through time and you cause a problem that affects your birth? A paradox. There's a paradox, Marty, he says, like the old man from Taxi. And Marty McFly says, okay, I guess I got to go introduce my dad to his wife or whatever the fuck. I'm losing the plot here. Anyway, his mom is attracted to him and wants to have sex with him. And that's where we're at right now. (laughs) That's all we know so far. Here we are at 75%. Here we go. George shook his head, partially convinced that Marty was on the level. Nevertheless, years of being used as a punching bag had taught him to be super cautious. Also, George is his dad, who is Crispin Glover. Also, Doc Brown produced Modern Family. That's true. That's later on in life. This guy, Marty, acted sincere enough, but he was decidedly a strange type. He seemed to know a lot more than kids his age. He also seemed to show up out of nowhere wearing strange clothes, like a sinister visitor out of space who got his time periods mixed up, George thought. And why was he hanging around with the man some people derided as the village idiot? I gotta correct myself. I'm thinking back now and I realize... That he goes and he sees George at the diner and then Biff yeah. comes in and roughs him up. And then Marty's like, all right, well, oh, then Marty fights off Biff. Around. Yeah, he scares him off. He's tough. <laughs> and he's like, you got to stand up for yourself. And then somehow George is in the. All right. I'm, I'm George is again. peeping. Being he's peeping, peeping Tom. Tom. He's in the tree peeping at Leah Thompson. Caroline in the city. And Marty's like, hey, get down from there. And then something in no. the street. Oh, yeah. The. Oh, the dad almost hits him. Then Marty pushes him out of the way. And that's how the mom met George. Yeah. I feel like it's actively making it worse for me to describe the plot. No. No, that was a good job. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's really, it's like 90 degrees in here. I'm going to pass out. Hey, I, I appreciate you saving my life. He said finally. But that doesn't mean you're right about Lorraine. You saw yourself how she looked right through me. Yeah. Marty nodded. There was, after all, no sense trying to deny the obvious. But she's shy. Ah, she overcompensates, Doc Brown added. She's very shy, Marty continued. That's why she asked me to come over here and tell you she'd like nothing better than to go with you to the enchantment under the sea dance. Oh, really? George asked. Yep, all you gotta do is go right over there and ask her. Now? Right here in the cafeteria? Yep, no time like the present. But she's with friends. There are lots of other people around. What if she bursts out laughing or just says no? I'd hate to be rejected in front of all those. You trailed off, nervous mess. George, I'm telling you. Where's Biff? Probably roughing up some kids, giving them swirlies. George, I'm telling you, if you don't ask Lorraine to the dance, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I'm going to regret it for the rest of mine. Why you? George asked. Let's just say I have a rooting interest in you and Lorraine getting together. You mean like a bet? Something like that, only more important. Well, I don't know. I've got a feeling she'd rather go out with somebody else. Anyone in particular? George nodded. Who? Biff. He replied miserably. Marty blanched. Was George's assertion a product of his overdeveloped paranoia or a fact? The very thought of his mother going out with a first-degree creep such as Biff Tannen made his flesh crawl. Who's... Okay, you gotta help me here. All right. (laughs) When they're in the 80s, Biff... Is Biff George's boss? Initially, yes. Okay. He is George's abusive boss. That's right. All right, because like I'm thinking of Back to the Future 2 and there's all different kinds of Biffs and there's stuff. There's like 8 million different Biffs in the movies. The Biff we know so far is George's mean boss, George being Marty's dad. 
And then they go back in time and Lorraine and George, his two parents are both students at the high school. And Biff is also a student. He's the bully. I just keep thinking of Biff bringing brewskis over to Truman's house whenever stuff goes wrong. That's a different actor. It is? Yeah. (laughs) In my mind, it's the same guy. They do have a similar vibe of kind of a chunky Midwestern white guy. (laughs) Damn. That's not the same actor. I can't picture Biff. I only picture that man. I'll tell you if you could picture Biff, if you can picture the gym coach from Freaks and Geeks. Surely you've seen that. Yeah. He was the gym coach. He was Bill's, like, started dating Bill's mom, Bill Haverchuk's mom. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his face. I still, I'm putting the actor from... You're putting the other man's face on him? The other guy's in the Americans. I know, which I've seen all of. That's not Biff. You thought that was Biff? I did. (laughs) I've even probably said... You were living in a world until right now where Biff was in the Americans. The critically acclaimed show, The Americans. Yeah, and that show is pretty good, but it's a slog, I gotta say. Does it change your mind to know that it's not Biff? No. Okay. He's still, he's gonna be Biff in my brain, and I'm never gonna fix it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I don't think that's even wrong. <laughs> Live your life however you want. I don't know. That's crazy, man. This is like the Berenstain Bears kind of thing. <laughs> What's that called? Oh, the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. This is yours. You thought Biff and that guy were the same guy the whole time? Hell, maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> they do look similar. He had never considered her a, a mental heavyweight, but she did. It's also funny your first thought about that actor is him bringing brewskis to Truman in the Truman Show. That guy's in a lot of stuff, but that's that's the scene of his that stands out to you. Yeah, he's a talented actor. Those brewskis, you believed him. Well, yeah. Where they're sitting on the beach and he's like, you don't need to leave here, Truman. Is there a novelization of the Truman Show, Ganesh? You know, I'm not just like this encyclopedia of... <laughs> novelizations you're not but the computer in front of you is but so is the computer in front of me and as i've (laughs) as i've already established my rig is open for business (laughs) truman show novelization if i see the oh yeah there is is? oh yeah that's cool there is what are you talking about there's a truman show novelization what do you mean what am i talking about oh it's just this oh it's just a screenplay never mind i got the wrong thing oh actually i do have a question for ganesh Uh uh-huh in the middle of this book, yep. are there like laminated color photo pages <laughs> of production? No, dude, there's nothing. There's no photos at all? That's Because not- you know what I'm talking no. about, right? Most I, of these. 100%. Yeah. Most of these like movie books have that middle section where it's like, and this is what it looks like on the screen. I do like that. I do miss when books had like the middle centerfold of <laughs> glossy photos. I think it was children's. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's why I don't see those often anymore. <laughs> like like grocery store. Like I remember I got like the X-Men movie novelization and it had like Hugh Jackman's like headshot. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is like the one downside of ebooks. I like everything about ebooks except in a real book when you find pictures they're nice and glossy and it's like a real nice print and in an ebook it's like an irregularly sized like jpeg <laughs> in the middle of a big white space and you're just like what is this? <laughs> Photos in ebooks do not translate no. well for whatever reason. He had never considered her a mental heavyweight, but she did have a certain amount of common sense and taste, even allowing for youthful ignorance. Marty simply could not imagine Lorraine at any age being attracted to an insensitive clob like Biff. I don't think so, he simply said. He's with her now, George replied. Marty looked over at Lorraine's table. Standing behind her with his hands on her shoulders was Biff. His mother did not look happy, however. Turning sideways to avoid him, she wrestled his fingers loose. Smiling roguishly, Biff replaced them. 
He's there, but I don't think she wants him there, Marty said. Getting up, he walked across the cafeteria until he was close to Lorraine's table. Quit pawing me, Biff, he heard Lorraine say. Leave me alone. Once again, she pried his fingers loose. She spoke in a rasping whisper as if trying not to attract the attention of others nearby. Biff made no effort to play down the scene. Putting his hands back on her shoulders, his voice was embarrassingly loud. Come on, Lorraine, he said. You want it. You know you want it. And you know you want me to give it to you. Damn, I wish you played Biff. It's a much better voice for, for someone named Biff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. You kind of look like a Biff, too. I could see you as a Biff. You have a Biff vibe. That's rude, dude. It's <laughs> a rude thing to say <laughs> to your friend. I mean, in the best way possible. Well, that, that makes you a friend of Biff. How do you feel about that? That's almost worse. That's fine. You know who I am? I'm, Bill, I'm Billy Zane. The friends of Biff's ain't nothing to scoff at. Well, Ganesha, he's not insulting you as Biff. He's saying you're a Biff type. Like you could bring brewskis to Truman on the beach. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, exactly. Or you could be a CIA director. No, here's the deal. No, I stand by it. You're a, you're a Biff type and I'm, and I'm Billy Zane in the 3D glasses. Billy Zane is in this movie? And then Shane's the other guy. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Well, it looks like Billy Zane's in every movie. If only that were true. Whether you know it or not. And for $400, you could get Billy Zane to record a cameo for you. That's his price? It's really high. Damn. He's an upper crust cameo, all right? You're not, getting, you're not getting Billy Zane for pennies on the dollar. Honestly, Zane does deserve that. He was the Phantom. And also looks like the guy in The Mummy. <laughs> Distinguished career. That's what it says on his resume. Which guy? Emotep? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> he doesn't look like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> he looks like the mummy, but he's not the mummy. What's happening? I don't know. I now I'm thinking about the Phantom. That movie has the scene where the guy looks into a microscope and a knife comes into his eye. Yeah, fucked me up for my whole life. I think about that until today. I'm pretty sure that takes place on a blimp. Yeah, well, you know, not enough movies do. <laughs> or a zeppelin. Like it's like that in Indiana Jones three. A zeppelin, maybe. <laughs> Those are all the movies I know that take place on a Zeppelin. Honestly, my brain is so fucked up. Maybe that's, I'm thinking of Rocket Man. You never know. Or no, it's are not even called Rocket Man. It's called the Rocketeer. Sky Commander, whatever. And the World of no. Tomorrow. That's another no. movie that probably takes place on a blimp, but I hadn't seen it. I'm thinking of the Rocketeer. Jesus Christ. Remember that one? Jennifer Connelly. No. 1991. Uh-uh. Disney. You're telling me all those other movies don't take place on a blimp and the Rocketeer does? I know there's a blimp in the final act action scene. It's great. I used to rent that movie a lot when I was a kid. Was that one filmed in your hometown as well? Yeah, it was right down the street at the <laughs> old mall. Fashion Square Mall. That's where they shoot all the blimp scenes in, in Hollywood. <laughs> Fashion Square Mall in Charlottesville. Shitty mall. Still the same old subtle swine, Marty thought. Shut your filthy mouth, Lorraine replied. I'm not that kind of girl. Maybe you are, and you just don't know it yet. Biff leered. Get your meat hooks off me. Come on, you love these meat hooks. Ish. Marty took several steps forward until he was standing right next to Biff, close enough to tell that the greasy hair tonic he wore was a different brand than his own, close enough to see the model complexion and couch his warning in a firm but intelligible whisper. She said to get your hands off her. Biff turned, his jaw slack and eyes full of anger. What's it to you, butthead? He said. Never mind, just clear out. You're telling me that's not your vibe, Ganesh? you and what are me? Yeah, I've been known to say what's it to you, butthead. <laughs> I, uh, I've been on the receiving end of that one. Yeah, yeah I've got a few couple buttheads in my day from this. 
This villain. Just me. You know, you've been looking for... Biff began, his body coiled as if to strike. Mid-sentence, however, he paused, his eyes avoided Marty's, instead looking over his shoulder. In fact, they were focused on the domineering figure of Gerald Strickland, who had entered the cafeteria and, having sniffed out a trouble spot, was walking inexorably in their direction. Biff's expression softened from hostility to abject terror. Since you're new here, twerp, I'm cutting you a break today, so why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Ha. Classic Biff. The Biff you know and love. That's Biff to a T. Marty, not seeing Mr. Strickland approaching, simply stared at Biff. Lorraine, as also unaware of the despot's entry on the scene, looked at her hero with wide, love-filled eyes. Mmm, my handsome son. (laughs) Biff turned and walked off. Oh, Marty, Lorraine cried. That was so wonderful. Thank you. Marty shrugged and popped a boner. Shut up. (laughs) Good Lord. All right. You're a Biff. Yeah, you are a Biff. How dare you even say that you're not after a a move like that? Uh, Let's stop there. Yeah. Let's take a breather. Big Biff energy. (laughs) Oh, I'd boo you, but I just too tired. That's fine. Here comes the crowd. Thanks, crowd. Oh, man. Uh, I have to edit in my own booze and posts. Yeah, that, <laughs> that joke was so that was so awful that you have to edit in your own booze right. at you. And That's I'm glad fine. this, this boo choir brought in the tubas. Dad, I deserve <laughs> this. Well, hey, we all deserve a little tuba every now and then. It's music, baby. Classic. All right. There they go. They're all walking off. There goes that one last tuba str- straggling behind. I think someone's also blowing into a sheep's horn. Oh, from a mountaintop. Uh, from a mountain, yeah, you can hear it. Oh, while we're on the subject, can we just acknowledge the work I put in to make your Nirvana fucking cover songs? Yeah, that was a really reality. good. Yeah. That was really good. I, you know what? I do want to take I a moment. You thought I wasn't going to do it, and I did. It. I will say that that was the tallest order you've had yet, and you knocked it out of the park. You did and a I think great the job. only appropriate thing to do here would be to have the gang come in here and give you a big round of applause right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's get him in here. Open that door. Let's open Thank that you. big heavy door Thank and let's you. hear that crowd. Oh roar. my god. Star studded crowd too. Damn. It's nice to be recognized every once in a while for your labor of love. That you put a lot Is that of the ghost of too. Prince playing oh my a fucking god. guitar? An electric guitar? Oh, uh, he can really rip on that. Yeah. He's better in death than he was in life. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Well listen to this. <laughs> Uh, on that note, let's jump ahead to the last page of Back to the Future. this puppy home fellas any words of Ganesh Sarma this is the last page of back to the future how about a ride mister it was Jennifer standing on the parking pad looking as gorgeous as ever Jen he cried are you ever a sight for sore eyes let me let me look at you so we're gonna miss him traveling in time both directions (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's about par for the course for this podcast I know you want me to put in that sound at the time travel sound effect but I don't think we're gonna be able to use it just do it Let's right just, now. Hey, just get it. Let's burn it out right now. Come on. Whoa. Well, we got, y'all got to sound like you're going back in time. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Whoa. 
Cool. Great. That's good. That's nice. Jennifer was somewhat taken aback by the unexpected display of emotion. It wasn't as if they hadn't, they had been separated for a long time, having seen each other only the evening before. Are you okay? She asked. You're acting like you haven't seen me in a year. I feel like I haven't seen you for 30 years. Marty smiled. That's a long time to be deprived. She smiled back. Mm, humble. He pulled her <laughs> toward him and was about to kiss her when he suddenly felt a rush of electricity race through his body. Another boner. <laughs> boy, 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 boy. All right, Biff, too. You remind me of my mom. Sorry, yeah, I'm biffing out over here, too. 30 years ago, she was uh, thin as a rail. We're both Biff. Shane's now Billy Zane. Thank you. I think Shane's a George. No, that's sad. That's not right. I could be a George. Shane's a Doc Brown. And I take that. I don't know what he's all about. You know, people make fun of George all the time. Okay. In real life, theater goers are making fun of George. But you know what George is? George is Crispin Glover. Yeah. All American uh, classic. He's a badass. He's weird yeah. as shit, and he's great at being weird, and it's the good. two Crispin Glover m- movies I've seen are Back to the Future and Like Mike. <laughs> you never saw what's that one with um, Keanu Reeves? Willard, Razor's Edge. Oh. Willard, Willard, I've not seen Willard. I've not seen the Razor's Edge. It's Like Mike River, and Back to the Future. Razor's Edge or is it River? Is River's Edge? I don't. Know. I don't that. know. He's in Hot Tub Time Machine. All I know is this guy takes himself so seriously, and he's in like the schlockiest movies ever. He's great at it. He is. He is really good. I feel like he could have been Nicolas Cage, but something. He was almost too weird. But instead, he's a better actor. I don't know that that's true. Nicolas Cage is good, man. Nicolas Cage is a good actor. And Chris McGlover's not in anything. Is he? He's in some stuff, I think. Yeah, Back to the Future and Like Mike. Nicolas Cage is really great in um, that movie with Cher. Uh, fuck. The, about the pizza place. Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza. He has like one arm, one hand. Or no fingers or something. Uh, it's great. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we should have done a movie podcast instead of a fucking book podcast since we watch a lot of movies and read no books. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing about this is it takes no research time. <laughs> <laughs> I do nothing to prepare for this and it works out every time. <laughs> I got to watch a movie. I don't think so. I got video games to play. <laughs> you're not a movie guy. You're a TV guy. I'm a TV guy. I'm a video game guy. I like movies, too, but it's just not my first choice. I find when I get to the end of a movie, I'm like, I wish I could spend more time in this world. That's why you have to play it at half speed. <laughs> play it at half speed and I watch it in 10 minute chunks. It takes me, it takes me six months to watch it. It's just like watching a TV show. He suddenly felt a rush of electricity race through his body. Jennifer must have experienced it as well, for her hair crackled and literally stood on end for a few seconds. Holy, Marty began. Sonic boom, drowned out the rest of his thought. The source. <laughs> it sounded like Brown's. a, what was that? It was like a rap. Sonic boom drowned out the rest of us. He was like P-O- a POD song. <laughs> uh, like new, you just had a new metal voice. I've been listening to a lot of Rage and System of a Down lately, so it might be what that is. Nice. The source was Doc Brown's DeLorean, which roared up to the front of the house and came to a squealing stop. Inside sat Doc Brown wearing a cowboy hat. We got out of the car. It was possible to see that he was dressed in a bizarre mixture of clothing types that included striped plastic pants, a uh, cape and strange variations on a Roman tunic. Damn, classic 2015 wear. You know, I was rocking a tunic 2015. Had my tunic, had my plastic pants, my uh, silver visor. It was a confusing year for everyone who knew me. His features agitated. Doc got right to the point. Marty, he said, you've got to come with me back to the future. <gasps> Why? It's important. <laughs> Your Marty just turned into like an old man. <laughs> Why? Why? I've got Jennifer here, Marty said. I was just going to try out my new wheels. We're going to take the Jeep up to the lake. That can wait, Doc replied. Anyway, 
You can bring her along. This concerns her, too. Marty felt a strong surge of apprehension. What do you mean? He demanded. Does something happen to her? To us? Do we turn into assholes or something? Doc Brown smiled. No, you and Jennifer turn out fine. He said, but your kids! Marty, something's gotta be done about your kids! Our kids? <laughs> Jennifer asked, her head swiveling between Marty and Doc Brown. What kids? We aren't even engaged yet. Well, we'll explain later, Marty said. Would you like to come along? Along to where? She asked. The future, Marty replied. The year 2015 or thereabouts. I think that's where Doc was headed. We better hurry, Doc said. The two men looked at Jennifer. Sure, why not? Okay, let's go, Doc said. He lifted the gullwing door and Marty, Marty got in. Jennifer sat on his lap and he popped a boner. No more, <sighs> Doc. When Doc Brown jumped behind the steering wheel, Marty reached over to touch his arm. You better back this thing up, Doc. Pop the boner. <laughs> Doc's caress. Everything's got Marty. It's a hair trigger. We, we haven't got enough road to get up to 88. Where we're going, we don't use roads. <laughs> really? They fucked up the line? <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> so we don't need roads. Just reading what's on the page, <laughs> That's fellas. the big twist in the novelization. We don't use them. We still need them. We just don't use them. We just don't use them very much. You'll see when we get there. Maybe he ad-libbed that. <laughs> Yeah, the script said we don't use roads, and Christopher Lloyd was like, no, no, no. It's all wrong. Well, is that it? He pointed to a new switch on the dashboard labeled Mr. Fusion Home Energy Center, hit it, and grinned with satisfaction as the DeLorean rolled about 100 yards down the street, blasted off into the sky, trailing a thin flume of silver smoke, and then disappeared. Now's it over? Yep. Credits roll. They put Jennifer in that damn DeLorean, and then in Back to the Future 2... They immediately put her to like sleep and dump her in a pile of trash bags. And then she doesn't wake up until the very last scene of the movie. <laughs> There's they no reason her? why she's there. Yes, they did recast her. There were two Jennifers. Not only did they recast her, they had to refilm that whole last scene for Damn. the beginning of Back to the Future 2. Just some fun facts you'll find when you watch the Back to the Future collection Blu-ray with the director's commentary <laughs> and fun fact pop-ups. All right. Well, do we even need to cast this one? No, it's already cast. All right. It's perfect. It's perfect. Except I would let Eric Stoltz be Marty McFly. <laughs> the original casting. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, no, we don't need to cast. I mean, you got any? What, well, let's see. Is there anything that you think was? Well, you uh, Shane obviously casts the guy from Truman Joe as Biff. Yeah. And we got um, Caroline in the city as uh, the mom. And then Elizabeth Shue plays Jennifer in the second one. I say, let's just put her in the first one too crispin glover leaves between one and two and then the second one is replaced with another actor and they cover it up by hanging him upside down and then they use also uh footage of crispin glover from the first one in the second one and crispin glover used that to sue robert Zemeckis. and now crispin glover is the reason why you cannot use footage of an actor in a sequel from an original movie see he's great yeah i guess in that sense good for you crispin I did see a third Crispin Glover movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, I told you, man. He's in that. His arm keeps falling off or whatever. That's a really funny role in that movie, if I remember correctly. Okay, is that it? Well, we don't do the casting. What else do we do? We can't search for words like our our, uh, our voicemail asked for this time. Maybe we'll do that next time. We can say night-night and then do it all again next week. Oh, that sounded creepy in my ear. I'll take it. 
I could use a night night. You want to have a night night? Yeah, night night. This podcast, this is <laughs> this is shameful. We're adult, man. I'm 32 years old almost. Almost, little young, uh, young little squirt. Right. 31. I'm still having fun over here. 32 is when I get serious. Uh, okay, that's it. Hey, are you finally going to get your life together or what, dude? I got a one bedroom apartment in New York, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My life been got together. Uh, on that note, let's get out of here. Let's end the podcast. <laughs> let's. Uh, Thanks to Chris for the artwork, Chris Linquist, that is. Morris Reese for the music. Thanks to you for listening. Go to bookclubpodcast.com. You can listen to our episodes and do other shit. I don't know. I've lost the plot here. AMZM Book Club, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. What else? Call us. 567-309-0357. You can leave us a voicemail, too. Tell us how great we are. Well, uh, I please, don't actually. I, I mean, please. I would prefer some confrontation. I agree. But let's, you know, let's have a little moratorium on the sweatpants, Doc. Okay. We're going to be it to that a little, little bit. So yeah. It's over. It's old news. Okay? It's old news. I'm wearing joggers now. Oh, it's, I'm on to joggers. Perfect. This man's about to blow out a fresh pair of joggers. Sad stuff. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You could subscribe to our Patreon. It will cost you $5 right off the bat, but our chargers are turned off. So after that, you won't be charged until we turn it back on and you can get access to our backlog of premium episodes. And since you're not paying money to hear our stupid shit, you should use that money to donate. To bail funds. To Black Lives Matter. To everyone who needs assistance to fix all the fucked up shit in this systemic, gross country that we live in. Yeah, bummer but yeah do that spend your money on that don't spend it on us we don't want it give it to people who need it that's it everybody have a great week we'll be back next week with another episode hopefully unless i have a headache next wednesday night night see ya night night baby needs a bottle god (laughs) stop it